Hi, and welcome to the Capman Connect. I'm your host, Fire Chief Scott Freitag, and with me today, the famous, <laughs> infamous, Battalion Chief Todd Abel. Yeah, well, I don't know about that, but good morning. Good morning. <laughs> hey, Todd, thanks for uh, being here with me today. Uh, applications are open for new firefighter positions within uh, the Central Arizona Fire and Medical Authority. Really excited about that. We're hoping that anyone out there listening who wants to be a firefighter is excited as well and gets their application in. Um, you can go to our website, cazfire.gov, uh, to apply. And just do us a favor. This is a message from HR, Todd. I have to get this okay, out. Okay, sounds good. Um, please read the directions and fill out the application completely and submit all your documents. It's kind of one of those first steps to are, do you pay attention to detail. That's important. It's a little thing. That is important. Uh, just a reminder, HR is not your mom. <laughs> They, they think they are sometimes, but no, yeah, just kidding. They don't need they don't need to chase you down for stuff. So uh Todd, we talked yesterday and I asked you to come on the podcast with me because I know Eric was on here with John talking about applications opening up. I wanted to take a little different approach. And because you're you're an operations battalion chief and you're on the floor, so you're interacting with and helping to develop and mold the new firefighters. Um I wanted to get your perspective. Okay. So what are you looking for in a new firefighter applicant? Well, so good. Thank you for asking because that's super important. It's exciting that we're back to hiring some mm -hmm. more folks because we definitely need some help on the floor. So this right. is good. Absolutely. Um, so what's neat about the, the way our system works is they're going to get, obviously, as you know, they're going to get some awesome training through our academy. We have a great training division yep. with Chief Para and Captain Merrill. Uh, we have awesome uh, training captains that uh, are on the floor. Absolutely. So they're going to be part of training those folks up. So my biggest thing as a battalion chief is when they come out of that academy, they come onto an engine, is that they continue to learn. There, right. there's I, I continue to learn to this day as a battalion chief. Absolutely, so, I do too. Yeah, so it's important that they understand that they're going to continue to learn, and that's the exciting part about mm -hmm. the job. You always got uh, stuff to learn. You got things to practice. You got drills. The captains out there are big on drilling and make sure our folks are ready to go. Right. I'm big on it as a battalion chief to make sure my battalion is ready to go for any large incident, and that includes everything from large medical incidents mm -hmm. to structure fires to wildland fires. And we're cross-trained and all that stuff. So it's important that they can continue with that training. The other thing that I think is important to let these new recruits know is that when they get here, they may not get it perfect the first time. Sure. They may mess it up really bad the first time. But we're here to make sure that they learn from that and that they continue to improve um, and they don't make the same mistakes over and over. So we have good leadership in this organization to make sure that they're set up for success. So there's a lot of support for somebody coming in. Uh, brand new to the field, whether they've been through firefighter one and two or not, because we no longer require uh, firefighter one and two for hire. You just have to be an EMT. Mm -hmm. uh, we dropped the hazmat requirement. We dropped the wildland requirement. And part of that was because, and, and you're our wildland chief, basically. And we looked at that and said, well, we need to train them our way anyways. Yep. So why don't we just bring them in and let you teach them what you need them to know? Because they're they're going to get that certification they need, um, but they're not going to have to duplicate training. Yes. So a little bit on that. And that's even I'll even back up to the firefighter mm -hmm. one and two uh, uh, scenario. So you can show up without the firefighter one and two. We're going to give you that. And we have some outstanding instructors. I know you know that, but right. I'm just going to say it. We have some outstanding instructors. Um, with all kinds of variety of uh, background yep. to be in there teaching it. So I think that even them getting that skill or that education 
from our academy is priceless. And I think that there's a new tagline, Kathy. And I, I think the tagline was get paid to get your firefighter one and two. Yeah, there you go. You can't argue with that. I know. That's uh, a good thing. And then we're going to even pay you to get your 13190, which is the basic wildland firefighting. And we're going to pay you to get your hazmat. Yep. So that's good. So, but back to the wildland mm -hmm. stuff, um, we have some outstanding individuals that are also training captains and some of them aren't, some of them right. are still firefighters and still engineers, um, and haven't made it to that training captain level yet, which they're probably on their way, right. but they have a lot of experience in wildland firefighting. We even have some new recruits that went through the last, uh, academy that are on the floor now that have a lot of wildland experience and you're going to see them teaching uh, the 13190 on the upcoming right. academy. So it's exciting to see even those newer folks mm -hmm. to the seasoned folks um, teaching those courses to those new recruits. You know what I think is is really cool about what you just said is we have some new recruits that that just finished the academy but had world experience, mm -hmm. fire experience before this on the wildland side. And so we're not telling them as a new recruit with less than a year on that, hey, you're – you just need to sit up, sit down, shut up, and yeah. listen to what we say. Wow. We're actually tapping into their talents mm -hmm. and using them to help train other people, which I don't think a lot of organizations do that. So I kind of see that not only do we have support, but there's opportunity for new firefighters that come work for CAFMA. Oh, absolutely. And that's the other thing that I think CAFMA brings to the table. I've been here for 28 years um, there's a variety of things that you could focus yourself on. You could right. from the EMS side mm -hmm. to the wildland side, to the, uh, TRT, to the swift water, all that stuff. There's just so much to be involved with, uh, or all of it, if you right. choose to do so. Um, and then taking the ability of the new folks coming in with their experience mm -hmm. and putting them to work. We do it with all our programs, not just wildland. Right. If they come in with some TRT, uh, expertise, we're going to put them to work educating and helping right. train people. Well, and I, I think let's let's hit on some of the programs that we have here that people can get involved in. So we have the technical rescue team. Mm -hmm. We have the wildland division. We have uh, hazardous materials. We have peer fitness. Yep. We have a peer support group mm -hmm. for mental and behavioral health. Um, we have the drone program. What are some things that I'm missing? RTOs, recruit training officers. Yep, correct. I mean, that's I, I think you covered them all. Um, but paramedic, that, paramedic, because I get in trouble with Chief Nemesky, uh <laughs> because we're we're looking for paramedics. Yep. But um, paramedic, if you want to go the EMS route, and not only just go the EMS route and be a paramedic, but teach and mm -hmm. paramedic programs, teach in EMT programs, there are nearly endless opportunities for you to be involved. Um, education in the schools, the firepower program, program yep. those, those types of things. If you like that, the education side of it. So I, what, what am I missing? So, you know, real quick, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll hit on the uh, fire pal thing. Cause I think that's an important program right. in our, in our community that Absolutely. we provide. So when I first got hired as a firefighter, I did that. And it was probably the most, one of the most satisfying jobs that I had just mm -hmm. to be interacting with all those kids and getting them educated on some, some fire safety, some public safety type stuff. Right. So, um, but that's just one small program and you can be involved as many as you want, you know, to make right. sure you're meeting your family needs and, and work needs and you can be involved in as many of those programs. Sure. There's a, a life balance that people look for. I've heard work life balance and, and, but more recently I've heard people say it's a life balance. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what we're looking for. 
I think some of the other things, because the, over the years, we have identified that cancer is a problem in the fire service. We've identified that uh, mental and behavioral health, and mental and behavioral health is relatively, it's not new, but it's new that we're putting so much time and effort yes. into it. And I think the important thing for folks to know is that we've recognized the issue with cancer. So we're doing full body cancer screenings. We have a grant for that now. And we're looking at how to implement that uh, into our budget annually. Um, we, we go in, we're going to the clean cab concepts mm -hmm. with the new engines and looking to retro the others. We're looking at station design, both, um, renovating existing stations for cancer mitigation and how we build the new ones, uh, on the behavioral health side. Not only have we built what I think is a pretty robust mental and behavioral su health support system, especially by having Dr. Ritterbush mm -hmm. and start moving on. Uh, I'm going to a seminar this weekend called Struggle Well, which is the proactive side of this. Mm -hmm. How do we build, how do we test for a baseline and then build resiliency throughout a career? That's important. Yeah, that resiliency piece is very important. But I want to back up a little bit sure. to the um, uh, the mental health and uh, yes. the cancer stuff. What, I've, what has been really impressive on the organization is their efforts um, at your level mm -hmm. um, to make sure that we are getting those uh, um, resources available to us. Um, and it, it just didn't – it wasn't um, uh, as available mm -hmm. in years past. I would say probably in the last, what, maybe eight years we really started getting after it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and the – the progress we've made on that to get that available to our folks is amazing. And it's not that the people before us uh, weren't doing anything. It's that it's evolved yes. over time. Right. I actually sat on a, a Senate committee that studied cancer in the fire service with some of the great minds in the state of Arizona. And uh, because of, of that committee, we ended up with the cancer presumptive laws we have today. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of positives there, but taking a, a step back for a moment and looking at, and over the next five years, there's a lot of movement in this organization. We're going to lose a lot of institutional knowledge. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, so we do. There's a bunch of us that got all mm -hmm. uh, hired at the same time. I'm actually one of them that mm -hmm. will be uh, retiring here in, in probably a couple of years. Um, there's uh, there's quite a, there's a handful of us. Mm -hmm. So I think that what the organization has done to help set everybody up for success is we are very proactive in passing that knowledge on. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, we've been successful at that. I think that we've got some incredible uh, battalion chief candidates coming up. I think we've got some incredible Absolutely. captains coming up, engineers. And then with hopefully these new recruits uh, that we've just hired and the new ones coming on, that, that those are the next future leaders. So do you think, Todd, if, you, if you're someone that is looking to get in the fire service and you're looking for opportunity for growth, opportunity for advancement, opportunity to to learn, to expand your knowledge beyond firefighting, beyond EMS and looking at other things. How much of that do you think exists for new candidates applying today, getting hired, and then for the next five years? So uh, as you know, I'm very fortunate mm -hmm. in traveling all over the country uh, with a type one incident management team. Yes. And I get to talk with Thank a lot of- Thank you for of, doing that. I appreciate that. And I get to talk a lot with other fire, local government, fire mm -hmm. department type folks. And I can say this honestly, I think the opportunities within CAFMA um, currently and for the future are going to be endless. I think that there's going to be multiple opportunities mm -hmm. 
if you want to continue through the operations side of things or if you're looking at um, technical services or logistics or planning, there's all kinds of opportunities within this organization uh, as we grow. Right. We're not going to stop growing. Oh, absolutely we, not. We, we got to keep moving to, to meet the needs um, that is more than you would find in a lot of other mm-hmm. local government fire department uh, areas. So we did a thing this week for the first time ever. It was called um, Meet the Chiefs. And so it was the fire chief of Sonona, Ed Mazoulis, fire chief of Verde Valley, Danny Johnson, fire chief of Prescott, Holger, Dura, and then myself. And we met with recruits from Yavapai College. And it, one, it was a fantastic showing. We had like 30 people there. Oh, we were nice. there for two hours, good dialogue. But one of the questions was, and this is your your wheelhouse, okay. uh, wildland. What are the opportunities? Now, my answer was, and you can, you can correct me if I was wrong. Okay. I said, during your first year, we expect you to focus on being on probation and getting through that. But after that, there's more opportunity for wildland. Absolutely. So I will correct you on one little thing. Um, we do give them an opportunity to at least get on, on one assignment during the okay. probationary year if everything's going as planned. Okay. So there, that Good. involves the captain, the battalion chief, and then obviously the operations mm-hmm. chief um, to make that decision. So we do try to get them out just so they get kind of a feel for that. Sure. But after that, yes, the, it's uh, endless opportunities. You can progress through the ranks as much as you want. I was fortunate um, to get started early on in my career mm-hmm. um, and work all the way through Firefighter one, strike team, task force, division supervisor, type two operations, type one operations. And I just currently opened up my uh, um, critical incident management IC task booklet. Wow. So, yeah, I just recently did that. So I've been very fortunate and everybody has that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose that as kind of a, a passion of mine. Right. That I could bring that knowledge that I learned outside of the district back to our Folks, right. so then when we do have those large fires, that we had some of that uh, uh, knowledge to help mitigate that. Sure. And we have a bunch of other folks that have got to the division soup level, which is a, a mm-hmm. very important uh, position on any fire. Um, we got people that are strike team and task force leaders. So the opportunities are endless. You can take it as far as you want or just take it to a point where you feel comfortable that you've gained knowledge mm-hmm. to bring it back to our citizens. Well, and the great thing about that is we do live in the wildland urban yes. interface. And so by having our folks go out, gain that knowledge and bring it back here, we're actually in a position today where when we have a significant event, a significant wildland incident here, that just on initial attack, we have enough expertise between CAFMA with uh, Prescott Fire, mm-hmm. with our relationship with the Department of Forestry and Fire Management, Prescott National Forest, that we can virtually stand up a type three team almost immediately. Absolutely. Actually, we could probably even stand up a type one team pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, that's, we got that kind of talent in the, in the Pres- Prescott Basin. We have, you know, between all those agencies you just mentioned, mm-hmm. but yes, within CAFMA, Prescott and, you know, uh, Department of Forestry and Fire Management, PM, right. we could stand type three up team tomorrow, today. So really there's, there's multiple pathways as we talked about. And in Missouri, where I'm from, uh, wildland isn't a, a big thing. We just, we have, you know, water and the plants are wet and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> those fires are usually like a multi-fire or grass yeah. fire. They're pretty small. So we don't have specific, like a wildfire track, a wildland track, uh, but technical rescue, hazmat, those types of things. So for people in Arizona, you're more familiar with wildland, but because of the way we're testing today, we have the potential to bring someone in from outside the state. Mm-hmm. And so wildfire may be a new thing 
to them a new opportunity. But uh, I'm saying that to point out that, you know, you have the TRT route, but you also have this wildland route that you can go the wildfire route. Um, and quite honestly, there's more activity on the wildfire route than there is on the TRT or the hazmat side. Correct. Uh, not degrading what those are because vitally important mm-hmm. with all the hiking trails and biking trails and just everything that we have out here. Uh, having robust TRT, having robust hazmat is important. Um, but in this area, and, and I always focus on this a little bit more because it's, I've been here almost 10 years, wildfire is still kind of new to me. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I look at that and say, wow, look what they can do. And now we've expanded into the EMS realm of the wildfire world. Yes. So can you talk about that? Yeah. So um, in the last probably, I'd say five to eight years, Mm -hmm. maybe 10 years now, um, the importance of making sure that we have the correct uh, trained personnel out there to take care of firefighters that Mm -hmm. could and will get injured out there. Um, we do send out medic teams, so okay. uh, which is awesome. We usually send them with the UTV. They go with what we call ALS and BLS packs, um, and they're right there out on the line with those crews um, ready to provide any medical care that's needed. That's great. Yeah. So real quick, before we close out, I want to ask you this. For people coming in, they get through the academy, they get on the floor. What are some of the perils and pitfalls that you see uh, with new employees sometimes in the first year? What are some things that people should keep in mind to ensure they're successful? Okay. So a couple things come to mind uh, to start with is remember the schedule. It, you know, you are in a fire station with a crew for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, is everything from communication styles to uh, becoming a family or developing mm-hmm. a second family outside your original family um, can be a little bit of a challenge for some sure. folks. It's just new. They will get the hang of it. Um, everybody seems mm-hmm. to figure it out. Uh, but developing that kind of relationship uh, because you are together for 24 hours. Right. Um, it turns into a pretty neat uh, family, though, uh, it, it, at the station level, mm-hmm. at the battalion chief level, and then at the department level. So it's it's actually neat to watch those new folks come in and, and get involved in that. Um, the other thing I would say is that um, uh, just making sure that you got hired by an interview, you got hired by a testing process, stick to those those comments and those stuff you say in your interview. If you truly mean that, mm-hmm. that's why you got hired. That's why at, during an oral board, somebody's like, okay, this individual seems very genuine and uh, we're, we're going to make that effort to hire right. him. We're going to invest in him. So just live that interview. Yeah. No, and that, that's really good advice. I think the other thing is we talk about recruit and, and retention just real quick is that morale curve, mm-hmm. which is something I talked with uh, Northern Arizona University about yesterday. And basically, it's expectation coming into the career field, right? We've shifted our marketing away from, hey, you're going to be fighting fire and cutting people out of cars every day because you will occasionally see fire. Uh, whether it's in training or an actual structure fire, and there will be motor vehicle crashes and and from time to time excitement. But a large part of what we do is serve the community. Mm-hmm. And what you may think is an emergency may not be the same way someone, uh, a lay citizen sees an emergency. When they call 911 to them, that's their exactly. time of need. And we are there to serve, whether you think they needed to call us or not, mm-hmm. we are there to serve. So remember that when you come in that, you know, don't come in expecting to fight the fire every day. Come in expecting that you're going to be part of a family. You're going to be serving the community in a variety of ways, whether it's public education, helping someone who fell, 
uh, or doing CPR in a cardiac arrest or fighting a fire. Um, all of this is part of this career field. Just know that going into it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great point because I think what we need to remember, we're still making a difference mm -hmm. in our community. It's at a level of maybe not running in and trying to extricate somebody from a vehicle right. or going to fight a structure fire, but you are making a difference for that person's mm -hmm. emergency that day, which may not seem like an emergency to some of the folks, but it is to that individual right. and you need to re remember you're going to make a difference to them at whatever level yep. that is. And one last comment, Kathy, and then we're going to close it out. Um, if you still live at home with your parents and you don't have a lot of life experience, don't worry. We will show you how to work a toilet brush. Yes, we will. Clean a stove. Yes, we will. And run a washer and dryer. <laughs> yep. You're going to learn those things because that's part of being a family and living in the station. Absolutely. Doing dishes, same thing. Cooking. Clean the plates off. Yep. Before you put it in the dishwasher. Yep. You know, here's the directions. Here's how you do it. Those things you're going to learn. So there's there's so much to this field. It's so exciting that we get this opportunity. We won't know until the board gives us final approval on the budget exactly how many positions that we're going to be hiring. Um, if the budget is approved the way that it sits today, there could be 10 to 12 new positions right now. And then we have the SAFER grant out for additional eight that could be later this year, beginning at 24. So a lot of opportunity here to work with someone like Chief Abel, well, thank you. who's going to provide the support you need to be successful Absolutely. in your career. So, Todd, thank you so much for being here with us today. Kathy, thank you for tolerating the fact that we went over the time limit that you provided. Uh, we appreciate that. That's okay. It's fair this time. Okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. So make sure you get out, get those applications in, cazfire.gov, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Mm -hmm.